step to the mic I cannot name my opposition I can say that I like And if you step in my position You would say that I'm right I'm like Tyson in the booth But I don't talk with a list I see you trying to run your mouth You look like Stephen A. Smith I thank God the odds against me But I'm coming out strong I survived a heat check But now I'm back like LeBron oh, This shit my destiny This shit is made for me This shit feel make-believe Icy like maple leaves Barbershop Sports Talk, and we have Allegheny football player with us, Silas Garrison. How you doing, Silas? Hey, what's up, man? It's good to be on the show again with you, buddy. Now, now, Silas, the first thing I do want to talk to you, I want to talk, because you are an Odell Beckham fan. You think Odell Beckham has been wrong, and particularly by the media. Now, Colin Gowherd, he's a radio show host for uh, FS1, The Herd. Uh, yesterday, he got in a little bit of hot water. He listed Odell's top 10 moments of his career, and all of them were uh, moments such as the boat trip to Miami, the uh, powder incident in uh, Paris, the meltdowns with Josh Norman. None of them had anything to do with football except for the catch, which I believe he had 9th or 10th on that list. So Odell Beckham calls him out on Twitter and calls him fake, basically. Now, this is a two-part question. My first one is I want to go to Odell first, and then I'll go to Colin. But my first question about Odell is, shouldn't Odell be worrying more about his team and worrying about getting better and worrying about training than worrying about what what some radio show host says? Uh, so, so a couple things. Um, I think I think we have to, and 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 and, and this is just being candid. I think we all, as as spectators and everything, we need to be very aware of how um, we are asserting ourselves with these athletes. Now, these athletes, what we don't realize is because they're so superhuman all the time, we treat them as such, and we don't really pay attention to the fact that a lot of these people have families, you know what I'm saying? A lot of these, a lot of these individuals, they don't live the same life, or they live much of the same life that we do, and we have to refer to them as such. Now, I'm all for getting on athletes, whatever, like that's, you, you look, the, the scrutiny is going to happen, and we're all aware of that. Um, and when you're making millions of dollars, people are gonna have your na their name in your mouth, like, period, that's just gonna happen. I think sometimes with Odell Beckham, we take it out of, out of bounds, so to speak. I don't really think that it was necessary. Uh, but in terms of, like, should he care? The answer is no, he shouldn't care. But does he care? Yes, because he's a, because he's a human being. And this individual, plus, let's, let's be candid, right? This isn't the first time that Odell Beckham's been in the media. It's the fact of the matter that no matter what he does, he can't get out of the limelight because people are constantly bringing this man up. Uh, so 
should, should he care? No. But do I understand why he does? Yeah, he's a human being just like us. And I have, and I find it hard to believe that I wouldn't care if I was put in the same situation. Now, I want to talk particularly now about this specific incident. Because I guess here's where I... I, I don't know if this specific incident warranted him uh, retweeting uh, the radio host and uh, also exposing him. He went in his DMs because I guess uh, that, that that radio host uh, wished him good luck when he went to the Browns and basically Odell called him fake and whatnot. But do you think that warrants that amount of attention where you you know where you kind of lose it like that? Do you think that warrants that much uh, attention? Like, should he be getting this worked up over what was done? I mean, you're, you're asserting a man's career, you know what I mean? And you're saying some of his biggest fails, you're saying like here are the biggest highlights of his career, but you're really just pointing out the fails. And then what you did was you put his, one of his biggest moments to catch as like number 10. And you did that on purpose to say like, yeah, this was cool, and look at all the other terrible things that he's done. Which reminds me, let's get into this too, right? The real, are they that bad? Like, okay, got it. Like. He went on a boat trip. I don't understand how that, literally a week before his game. And the coach even said he came back and he was playing great in practice like he always does. And had abs- I don't understand how you make any correlation between the two. No, it, the only reason why we did that was because it was Odell Beckham. Okay, the actress, that doesn't matter. It's an actress and she was beautiful. Why do we care about that at all? Tom Brady had a beautiful wife. No, you care about the powder that was on the bed. He was not tried by it, nor was he suspended, nor was he found guilty of anything. So if he wasn't, then we have a right, we don't have a right to judge him because he wasn't found guilty by the by the courts, nor was he found guilty by the NFL. In terms of the problems with Josh Norman, if I seem to remember, he cooked Josh Norman like five times. So yeah, he got into scuffles, he got into fights. Last time I checked, they won both of those games where they got into fights, and Odell Beckham caught a game-winning touchdown over Josh Norman to win that game. But we'll never add those factors in. Now, I'm a little biased because I'm an Odell Beckham fan, but let's be very clear. If we assert him in his career, the dude falls. And we have to take that into consideration. Now, does it warrant him responding? Absolutely not. But at the same time, do I believe Odell Beckham's tired of it? Yeah. Because he, nobody knows this. Odell Beckham's one of his best, play, one of his best, uh, one of his favorite players is who? Tom Brady. And he saw Tom Brady, even as a child, go off on everybody when things weren't going right. Odell Beckham does the same thing, but then what happens? He's considered aggressive. He's considered arrogant, not a team player. He's saying, give me a ball, man, throw me the ball. And people have an issue with that. It's like, yo, be a team player. I am the, okay, I'm the one that makes this team great. And that's what happens, right? We call on great players to make great plays. So I'm not mad at Odell Beckham for pointing out the obvious. People should get him the ball. Eli has to do that quite often. I highly doubt that Baker Mayfield will do the same. So no, I completely understand his frustration. Now here's where my next question where I want to go with this too. Real quick, Bill. Real quick, real quick. You know, I don't really like when people have their name, my name in their mouth either. And I don't think this situation that, that Colin or that Coward was talking about, I don't think this warranted him being this disrespectful towards Odell Beckham, saying that the catch, like, what do you think? The catch, that's number 10 on all the things that he's done? Well, no, no. I mean, mean, the catch was so big, people say you got Odell. Like, that's like saying you got Moss. People don't even say you got Moss anymore. People are saying they Odell'd it. Like, he's literally like a, a trademark now.
Well, well, Silas, I guess the way I took the list was, I thought the list was a little bit, he was making fun of him. Like, I thought it was like tongue-in-cheek, teasing, you know, something to be funny and different. I don't think he was like, he, he meant like malicious harm towards Odell. Uh-huh. If, if, you, if you get what I mean. Now, I, I want to shift to New York. I want to talk about the New York Jets, right? Adam Gase has had a power struggle. He's now the GM of the Jets. Now, he ousted the former GM. And now, apparently, there are reports coming out that he never really wanted Le'Veon. It was the GM. So, now, Le'Veon's kind of in a situation where he, he's no longer uh, thought of as highly as he thought he was because the GM sold him on him, you know, the future of the team. And now, the head coach is like, ah, oh, we really don't need you. How do you think the situation is going to end up in New York? and Le'Veon Bell pretty much ending his career as a shell of himself. That's what I think is going to happen. I don't think, I don't think uh, Le'Veon Bell will ever be the back that he once was. Um, not because he's not amazing, but because the Jets are that pathetic. I mean, the Jets are god-awful. Like, they are just... They, they are so... They, you know, I have to be honest with you. This state of New York... The Bills, the Jets, and the Giants make this state look trash. <laughs> started with the Knicks. Don't you even get me started with the Knicks. This is terrible. I feel, I feel, I feel so bad for this great city. And not to mention, we, like, the, the entire New York State, right? It's like media phenomena. Like, we are one of the biggest, like, it, New York's just one of the biggest markets in the world. And what do we do? We give mediocrity every time. Now the Jets are 50 shades of terrible. They come in all different shades, but they all end up garbage. And what do you do? Don't ever think for a second that you get a great once-in-a-generation running back that doesn't that doesn't that, that doesn't make you still trash. You're still garbage. We saw this already, right? Dependent positions. Le'Veon Bell, like. Yeah, sure, Le'Veon Bell could be good. He's only as good as the offensive lineman, and we've all seen that their offensive line is 50 shades of booty. I mean, y'all are terrible. Y'all could have, yo, listen, I'm telling you, they could not guard a parked car. 
So, I mean, no. And Le'Veon, great. I don't really care about the arguments, whatever. Like, that's going to happen. At the end of the day, Le'Veon's going to stay. They, they, they paid him too much money not to stay. He's, he got his money. He got what he wanted. He's in New York. He's in a big market. All eyes are going to be on him, which makes for more interesting games versus the Bills versus the Jets. That's all I really care about. But at the end of the day, the Jets are not awful, and nothing's going to change that. Now, Silas, next what I do want to talk to you. No, now, Silas, next what I do want to talk to you about really quickly. Uh, since you play football, right, and you play football in college, uh, PEDs. Because Patrick Peterson just got suspended for PEDs. How do you feel about the Patrick Peterson situation? Do you believe that Patrick Peterson is innocent? And how do you feel about PEDs being used in a sport like football, as violent as football? Uh, PED. So, so just, so just really quick. Uh, did they give any details on what type of PED? Uh, no, I do not have that on hand right now. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Well, here's what I'll say. Um, and you know what? Honestly, they, 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 they're always really uh, reluctant to, lead, to release that stuff, too. So, like, I'm not even surprised, but whatever. All right, here's what I think. In terms of, like, PDs and steroids and all that stuff, honestly, everybody's on it. It's just a matter of who gets caught. Not, now, not everybody wants steroids, but I'm saying in terms of TD, TDs and like stuff, one thing that's important to remember, and this is actually my bigger point in this, in terms of what make, in terms of what makes you feel good and what makes you play better, that's all very subjective. You know, like it's, it's so subjective to the individual. So like Roger Goodell, for example, like he might make the list of like what should not be used and things of that nature, understand it fully but a lot of these people in New York and NFL headquarters that make these rules are individuals who never played the game so like I, I always take it with a great assault of innocent not innocent I don't really care if he's innocent or not I, I look more at the situation in the NFL that really just can't adjust with the times in general I'm not saying PDs should not be legal or should be banned or anything I'm saying that it's time to have a, a, a a better conversation about the pain the athletes face. Um, as, as I will never uh, justify steroids. I'm saying in terms of PEDs, like I, I honestly just feel in my heart that it's time for a better conversation. I believe that Adam Silver and the NBA have done a very good job of being very candid with their players and coming to some mutual ground. I believe that if Roger Goodell really wants to stop losing all of his stars to nonsense. He'll pick up the phone, call Adam Silver, and, they'll, and he'll be able to give him some advice on how to handle such a big business like the NFL. Because a lot of times it looks like Roger Goodell doesn't know what the hell he's doing. I'm not justifying Patrick Peterson. I'm saying that it goes deeper than Patrick Peterson. It's an issue that needs to be handled, like, not, not even better than what it's been handled. It needs to be a conversation over again. Now, I don't know what happened with the collective bargaining agreements, but so far... You know, all the evidence proves that the collective bargaining agreement has not worked between the NFL, so I believe that a new conversation needs to be in the works sooner than later. Now, now, Silas, we're going to talk about the Golden State Warriors really quick. Before we talk about that, I, I want you to get... Because we're going to have a long conversation about that. But here's what I do want you to talk about this because we're going to go to a break after this. Here's what I do want you to talk about, Silas. Give me names with the Los Angeles Lakers. Who are the culprits for ruining LeBron James' year and possibly his future years? Give me names, Silas. Give me names. Uh, who's, who's, the, who's the woman? Uh, the owner, Jeannie Buss. Jeannie? Yes. Jeannie? Yes. Jeannie needs to give me the team. Jeannie needs to give me the team. Jeannie either needs to sell the team or give it to Cy. 
This is ridiculous. Genie is terrible. Magic uh, was 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 absolutely horrific. Um, uh, 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 who's the uh, who's who's the who's the who's that GM? Rob Palenka. Um, Kobe's boy, Rob Palenka. Oh, Rob Palenka. Oh my God. There we go, Ron. Uh, dude, they're all responsible for it. And, and you know, there is nobody more responsible for this than LeBron James himself. Oh, okay, son. I, I, put, I, I, I put the owner, and I don't know if you want to cut the commercial or if I have time to say this right now, but I put about 85, 90% on LeBron James. Why? Why? Okay, well, let's talk about it. You just left Cleveland, which was a squeegee and a and you drove and you drove that team to the finals with a squeegee and a mop bucket and a J.R. Smith. <laughs> All right, that's what that's what you drove to the finals. And as a result, what do you do? After that, you then join a team that was worse than the Cleveland Cavaliers. It's like LeBron's just addicted to the pain. No, I, 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 shame on you for joining that team in the first place. I don't, I don't give a damn that, that it's the Lakers, because the Lakers are not the Lakers. The Lakers are only the Lakers because of the name. But the sentimental value that the Lakers once held, that prestige is gone. And they thought, oh, because LeBron's going to come back, this is going to change it. No, it's not going to change. You are a shell of what you used to be or what you ever could have really molded into being. You're not that anymore. And we need to be honest about it. And LeBron, honestly, as, as a person who is a historian of basketball, I am surprised that LeBron, in the latter parts of his career, would join a team so suspect, suspect, like the, like the Los Angeles Lakers. I don't have any sympathy for him in terms of that. I have sympathy that he got hurt. But I don't have any sympathy in terms of them doing bad and them not wanting to play in anything. What do you think? You were playing with children, kids, babies, edgy, edgy babies. What did you think was going to happen? Shame on you for even going there in the first place. And I'm not ashamed for saying it. You should have never went to the Lakers. There were multiple people that you beat in the East that you could have been justified in that joining with. Because you want to know why you're not like Kevin Durant. You actually beat them. But instead, he's like, you know what? I was on the worst team in the East. Let me go over to the worst team in the West. <laughs> it's like LeBron's just addicted to the pain. <laughs> so he was looking for problems, and he found exactly what he was looking for. Lord have mercy. I Silas. I love LeBron. I know, you're, I know you're surprised that I'm saying this because you know I love him. I am very shocked. It's true. No, 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 Silas. Here's next one I do want to ask you about the Lakers because this is funny. Silas, uh, what do you think about Linda Rambis? Uh, apparently, she's second in command. Uh, if you don't know, Linda Ram Rambis is Kurt Rambis's wife. She is uh, second in command of the Lakers organizations, and she's Jeannie's best friend. Next question. <laughs> what do you think? You know what? You know what? Me. I don't. I don't know what to say that is acceptable for FCC Airways that I can talk about with Linda Rambis. Just no cursing, Silas. Just, just promise me no cursing. No, I don't know if I'm capable. Um, Linda Rambis. Linda. Linda Rambis needs to. No, I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, I'm so angry right now. I literally can't do it. I'll, I'll say this about Jeannie. I'll say this about Jeannie and Linda. 
this is why you don't mix business and family together. What what did, what did Biggie say uh, in, in in the Ten Crack Commandments? Right, never never uh, keep your keep your uh, family and business completely separated. This is the reason because you mix personal uh, uh, with family and you mix business with family and it never pans out because people want handouts just like this, just like this right here. Now Linda has no business being in charge of anything basketball related. Yeah, no, you know, and she would have never been in that position if Jeannie wasn't her friend. So it, it, it proves it itself. I'm absolutely disgusted with it. They're ruining a, a great player's career, but I'm not as mad at them as I'm mad at LeBron for, for, for going there in the first place. Now, let's be real. LeBron didn't know it was going to be this bad. I get that. I understand. But LeBron, at this point, look, his championships are bust. You dig? You should be somewhere in Houston right now. You should be in Philly right now. You can get to Toronto. I get it. He wants to go to the, he wants to go to a big market. LeBron, you're the market. You are the market. The marquee says you. And it will always say you. Because you're made for LeBron James. Nobody, nobody, what? nobody cares what, 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 uh, what, what market you're in. You want the market. You think I'm in the market. LeBron James is one of the first people in history that could go to a team and his name's bigger than the team. You know how people say it's not about the name on the back of your jersey, it's about the name on the front? I can't tell when LeBron James is there. Okay? So, like, I'm sorry, but, uh, I'm not digging it. I guarantee Ready for this? There are more people that know the name LeBron James than the people that know the name the Los Angeles Lakers. I'm not just talking about America, I'm talking about in the world. More people know the name LeBron James than they do Los Angeles Lakers. So no, I don't care, I don't care at all that he wants to be in a big market and make money, whatever. You got your entire life to make money. But right now, it's about winning chips. And you mean to tell me that people were gonna go to Los Angeles after they see? If Le all I have to say is this. If LeBron doesn't get anybody to come with him, to pair with him, not only will he not win a championship, I will argue this will be the saddest end to, uh, all to a superstar's career in NBA history. This will be the saddest end to it. Mm, that's damn it, Silas. Now, Silas, wait, wait, really quickly, Silas, now. Tell me what you think about uh, Kurt Rambis helping hire uh, Frank Vogel a and them giving and them giving Tyron Lue an awful deal, uh, give him a three-year deal instead of a five-year deal. Tell me what you think about that, Silas. Um, you know, at first, I was so ready to come on your show and be like, and I was going to describe like the race part of it that plays into this factor, the fact of the matter that historically black individuals, predominantly black men, do never get a seat at the table, especially when coaching. And I was going to talk about how it's crazy, how like over 90% of the NBA is African-Americans who do it at the highest level, but then you don't get African-Americans to actually become coaches, but somehow they should be great coaches considering that literally 90% of them make the NBA. I'm sure you can find some great coaches. I'm ready to talk about all of that. But then I started thinking about it. They rejected, what's his name, too? They didn't just reject, uh, uh, or they rejected Mo Williams. Or, no, not Mo Williams. Monty Williams. Monty Williams, Williams. Right? And they, and they, and they, uh, and they, uh, rejected Tyron Lee, two African-Americans. But then they hired Vogel, who's white, who's forgot the trash deal. So I 
can't be mad. I can't be mad racial-wise. It's not, it's not a racial thing. They just suck as an organization. The Lakers are just a terrible organization. It's not a matter of, it's not a matter of implicit bias. It's not a matter of, of this idea of, of black or, 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 or fragility or anything of that or any type of form of discrimination or bias or anything about that. It's just the fact of the major, it's the fact of the matter that the wrong people are in the wrong positions and as a result, the Lakers are paying for it. Um, in terms of Vogel, look, the bottom line is this. It wasn't who LeBron wanted. LeBron wanted Tyron Lue. LeBron, uh, Tyron, Tyron Lue has more pride in himself than to, than to subject himself to that terrible contract. I think it's disrespectful that you would use him as a pawn. But you know what really happened, Daryl? And, and, sure, and I'm sure you could attest to this too. What they did was, we're going to give Tyron Lue a deal that way we can at least go to LeBron and say, look, we offered him a deal, so you can't say that we didn't try. And then they get another person like Wimble to accept that same deal. And then say, well, see, he just accepted it, so it was good for business. No, you knew good and well that a champion like Tyron Lue was not going to accept a deal like that, especially after he already won a championship with LeBron James, already won a championship with the Los Angeles Lakers as a player, and then you're going to offer him a government pitch for a deal? No, absolutely not. doesn't work that way. Never was going to, and you knew that. So what you do is you go to Vogel, who you know will accept it because he's just desperate for a job because nobody in their mother is begging on his door for a job. And because you, as the Lakers, even though, as terrible as the Lakers are, they know how bad Vogel is. That's why you made them hire uh, Jason Kidd. Although I really can't say that Jason Kidd's that much better, but they want Jason Kidd. But obviously, you know, not without getting into schematics, you know the reason why Jason Kidd didn't get hired. With all the, you know, domestic violence and DUIs and stuff like that. So it just didn't look like a good fit to give him the coaching job. But I'll put it like this. Here's what I'll say. If it took you this long to knock on Vogel's door, and you can't hire Jason Kidd because of his pass, why would you pass up Tyron Lue? Doesn't make any sense. This is the man who did it the right way, who's won and who never had problems off the off the uh, off the off the hardwood, and he doesn't get a job. Yo, I'll tell you what. If I was and, and, and you know and you know who I blame that on too. You wonder who I blame that on, D? Who? I blame that, too, on LeBron James. All his fault. Completely LeBron James' fault. Because LeBron James, once again, like I said, you are the marquee. You're the person that people look at. You're the person that gets stuff done. Everybody always, you know, here's funny. It's funny. Because everybody always says LeBron takes over, and when LeBron gets there, he runs the team. No, this proves that he doesn't run the team. Because if LeBron ran the team, this wouldn't be happening. <laughs> if LeBron ran the team, we would have Tyron, the Lakers would have Tyron Lee right now. If LeBron was running the team, they might actually have Anthony Davis. If LeBron was running the team, Magic Johnson wouldn't have retired. Please don't disrespect LeBron James and he's making these decisions. <laughs> I mean, at least give the man, at least give the man some credit, okay? Now that's one. Number two, you want to do? You want to know something else? If LeBron James really wanted Tyron Lue, this man could have been in there like, yo, check this out, Jenny. What's her name? Jenny. Genie. Uh, Jeannie, Jeannie, check this out, Jeannie. You're either going to give Tyron Lue a deal five years, however much money he wants, or I walk. Now put that in your pipe and smoke it. Okay. But instead, what does LeBron do? We haven't heard anything from LeBron. Why? Because he's, again, it's not even a matter of him trying to control the narrative. He's going to have anything to do. 
yo, LeBron, like, is it good? Like, it's, it looks like you're taking a step back. So what I'm saying is, like, if LeBron was really interested in winning championships anymore, he would have never let this slide in, in, in Cleveland. And that's another thing. I don't know why he's letting this stuff slide. You would have never let this slide in Cleveland or Miami. And what, now you're letting it slide in, 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 in L.A.? Are you serious? Come on, man. Somebody's jiving out here. Okay. Silas, we're going to take a quick break. Then come on next at the break on Barrowchef Sports Talk. We're going to talk about a theory. Is Clay Thompson really better than Kawhi Leonard? We'll dive into that. Come on next. Coming up next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. with Barbershop Sports Talk and we still have Silas Garrison with us. Now, Silas, you called me last night because you had a hot take. You put it on your Snapchat. You said, don't at me. Clay Thompson is better than Kawhi Leonard. Explain yourself, Silas. Okay. For all of you out there, children, gather around, listen to Dr. Sci-Fi for a second. Let me, let me, let me holler at you. In terms of impact, Kawhi Leonard, we obviously see what he's doing when he has the ball in his hand 87 to 90% of the time when he's on the court. In the system in which the Golden State Warriors play, and Clay Thompson has the ball in his hand maybe 30% of the time, but yet and still, the fact remains that he is still a baller and he still averages 25 with the ball being in his hand less than any other superstar. You cannot name me one superstar that has the ball in his hand less than Clay Thompson does, yet he is still a five-time, I believe a six-time All-Star. That's one. Number two, defense. He takes the responsibility, which should be on Steph Curry, but he takes the number one guard on every team every night and plays them. Where on a lot of other teams, your best defender isn't always your best scorer. Well, on the Golden State Warriors, a lot of nights, Corey Thompson's the best scorer and he's the best defender, much like Kawhi Leonard. The only difference is... Both of them shut both of them shut the person down on the defensive side of the ball. What's the difference is the offensive side of the ball. You cannot tell me that Kawhi Leonard is a better offensive player than Clay Thompson. You can tell me that he has the ball more often, which is why you can see him shine more on offense. But in terms of him being better, in terms of his impact, in terms of uh um like the way the way Clay Thompson can fit into a into a scheme, both of them are scheme players. Both of them can fit outside of the scheme. If you ask me, the way the game is going today, you would rather have a person work outside in than inside out. Clay Thompson works, or excuse me, Kawhi works inside out. Clay Thompson works outside in, which is ultimately the deciding factor because it is, is it a three it is a three game it is a three point game these days. So the way I look at it is. I would rather have Clay Thompson 
that Kawhi Leonard on my own team. Like, took LeBron off of the Lakers. Would you rather have Kawhi on it, or would you rather have Clay? Most people would say Kawhi, because they've seen what Kawhi could do by himself. I believe that if, if, that if, if, that if Clay had the exact same opportunity, had the ball in his hand, the exact same amount that Kawhi does, I believe that Clay would have that exact same impact, if not more, because he's a better offensive scorer than Clay, than, than Kawhi, and he has a better three, which ultimately you're going to have to respect him more, thus making him a better player. If not a better player, just as good. But can Clay put up 30 shots a game and be successful? We've never seen him do that. We've seen Kawhi do that. I, I will say this. Clay Thompson never had put up 30 shots a game because Steph Curry was draining too much, because Kevin Durant was draining too much, uh, because they had a Draymond Green who was facilitating everybody, and a Draymond Green who's a captain that doesn't let this uh, one person rule the game, but he makes the flow of the game. If the flow of the game is Clay, then it's Clay. If the flow of the game is Kawhi, or is, uh, is it's Steph? Then it's Steph. Uh, you know, you you don't you don't play one of those systems where it's dance, dance, dance. It's it's screen, pick and roll, everything else. Uh, it's backdoor cuts. It's uh, it's backdoor screens, backdoor motions, floors. Uh, it's it's literally everything. Uh, attacking from the elbow, right? Uh, with with screens coming in, uh, screens coming in through the back door. Nope, it's not really an ISO team. But I believe that if you saw Clay Thompson in an ISO situation, I believe I would be more intimidated by Clay than I would by Kawhi. Um, and in terms of defense, both of them can lock you up like a prison cell. So, um, you know, defense to me, I think I think both of them put the clamps down. I think offense is the deciding factor. Uh, I don't really, I you know. I, th I think what I'm most interested to see is is Kawhi and how far he can really push the Sixers. I believe that Kawhi is good enough to get to the finals. I also believe that if Clay was on that team, they would be good enough to get to the finals. It's just the fact of the matter that you've never seen it. But here's one thing we have seen. We saw Clay drop 40 in a quarter. Okay? We saw this man drop 40 in a quarter. So that's how, so that's how this man can get hot. And I'll make, and I'll make another hot take. Like, can we just stop? being disrespectful. Clay Thompson's top three shooter of all time. Stop saying he's top ten or top he's top three. He's top three. It's him, Ray Allen, Steph. Reggie Miller is not a better shooter than Clay Thompson. He's not as hot. He doesn't get in as much of a rhythm as Clay does. And he's outright not the better player than, than Reggie Miller was. Steve Kerr, I would like to have him in that conversation, but we never really got to see him shine because he was always under the presence of Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. So we'll never know. But right now, the way it stands, considering, uh, you know, you got to remember this too. How many shots less does Clay take than Steph? I mean, I find it hard pressed to believe that if Clay had his own team, he would have put up as many shots as Steph, and he would probably make the exact same amount as the numbers if the numbers pair out. So you can't you can't hype up Steph and say, oh my God, he's the best shooter of all time. When Clay's doing the exact same thing, uh, you know. With a proportion of you know taking lesser shots. Now, Silas, something else you also mentioned to me was you mentioned that because uh, you told me last night too. In your order, it goes Clay, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, and you don't think Steph Curry is an all-time great. Now, explain why is Steph Curry not an all-time great. Steph Curry is first of all, he is the all-time great shooter. He's not an all-time great player. Uh, because number one, he's playing with 
three different all-stars, which make it very easy for him uh, to be successful. What do I mean by what do I mean by that? Well, it's a couple of things. I am, I ask everybody here to, to, to listen with an open mind. So Steph, if you notice, what makes him the, the biggest threat? The fact of the matter that he can shoot. Okay, but imagine this. He's the best shooter of all time, and he plays on a team where he has Clay Thompson, a top three shooter of all time, and Kevin Durant, one of the best scorers of all time. You know what that means? It means that Clay, that Steph Curry can dance on you as much as he wants, and guess what? You can't double him. You can't double the best shooter of all time. It's ridiculous. It's always nine, ten times out of ten, you will be fighting a losing battle. And at that point, it's a matter of if he missed a shot. Now you're excellent defense. That's one. So, no, it's the fact that I believe in this day and age, if, you know, if, take, take, uh, take, take Steve Nash, for example. Steve Nash, if you gave Steve Nash, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry on the wings, and you just let Steve Nash dance on you, he would do the exact same thing. Anybody with a very good three-point shot, uh, Steve Curry, I'd argue Steve Curry would do the exact same thing in his day. Uh, you know, well, actually, if he was living in the state, that would have never flew back then. Um, let's say that you know the roles were different, and his coach, Steve Kerr, was in this situation, right? He would put up the exact same amount of numbers, but the exact same amount of points, and he had that same type of impact that Steph had on the game. And and and, and Steph always said that that was one of his favorite shooters. Um, so in terms of that, that proves my point. But here's what. But I want. But I want to point this out more than anything. The defensive side of the ball. If Steph Curry had to guard the best player on the opposite team every night, if he had to guard D. Lillard, if he had to guard Russell Westbrook, if he had to guard Kawhi Leonard, if he had to guard uh, 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 any of these individuals, uh, uh, Kyrie Irving, uh, God, Ben Simmons, how great he is at point when, he, when they put him in the point guard slot. If he had to guard any of these players, he would get cooked like turkey gets cooked on Thanksgiving. But it's a fact of the matter that who saves him? Clay on the opposite side and locks these boys up and typically holds them under what they normally shoot and under their normal points per game. So, yes, I believe Steph makes an all-time impact and he's an all-time impactful player, but he's not an all-time great, meaning he won't go down top 20 or top 10 for the reasons that I just described. Now, now, now Silas, here's also what I do want to ask you, right? Because Kevin Durant, uh, it just been announced this is just recently, a couple hours ago, Kevin Durant will not play in Game 3 and Game 4 of the Portland Trail Blazers Golden State Warriors Series. And I want to know, and this is my question to you as an athlete, how do you think Kevin Durant feels right now that his team is having so much success without him? As an athlete, if I was Kevin Durant, I would be taxed my backs right now, getting ready to lease. Because this validates everything that Draymond Green said earlier in the year when he called him the B word in front of God and everybody. Your mother was in the front row and he called you the B word. <laughs> I, I would have left right then after I hit him with a two piece. But this man's game and his team's actually performing better without him. Look. I'm going to say the same thing that everybody's been saying, at least in, in my camp. 
until Kevin Durant does it with his own team without being under the spell of Steph Curry. Until that happens, none of those rings, and I mean none of those rings, will be validated. Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and all those boys, their rings will be validated. Because you already beat Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant has never beat the Golden State Warriors. So, therefore, these rings that they're winning, I don't care how many MVPs you win. I don't care how many season MVPs you win. I don't care how many final MVPs you win. I don't care how many scoring championships you win. I don't care if you win Defensive Player of the Year or not. Until you write the shit, I can't look. At, I can't. I can't put you in that conversation of top ten. I gotta see you do it. I gotta see you write the shit. Now, what would make it all worthwhile is if he went to the East and went to any team, got to the finals, saw the Warriors, and gave them the business. Guess what? Immediately, in my book, you're a top five player of all time. That's how easy it is for Kevin Durant. The narrative is very, very simple. You've done it all. Now you gotta do. It. Now you gotta do it with your team. You gotta do something magical. You gotta do something memorable. Something that everybody will remember you for. Something that nobody else could do or think that they could do. Why is Michael an all-time great? Because he did six straight. LeBron, three-one down, comes back and delivers Cleveland. Right, like, but these are the reasons why they're in that conversation. It goes deeper than winning a championship. It's the storyline behind it. Kevin Durant, what is your storyline? That you joined a team that beat you and you were the reason why they lost? No, I can't put you in that conversation. So if I'm Kevin Durant, I probably have tears in my eyes and I say, I don't care how much I love the Bay. I gotta go. I gotta go and I gotta do this for me. I'm set financially, I'm set. My family's good. I have the rings now, so even if I don't win, I will always remember the fact of the matter that I have the rings and nobody can ever take that away from me. But this is a man-to-man thing. This is a personal thing right now. These boys really believe that I'm not the truth. They keep, I, y'all think I'm not, y'all, y'all really don't think I got the sauce like that. Like, y'all really think I'm not that boy. I gotta go to my own team and I gotta deliver them. If I'm if I'm Kevin Durant, that's what I'm thinking right now. What do you think, Kevin? Do you think Kevin Durant will leave? So you think it bugs Kevin Durant that they're having success without him? You think that bugs him? Say it again. You think that bugs Kevin Durant that the Warriors are winning without him, like it upsets him? Yeah. Uh. I think it, no. I, no. 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 Kevin Durant's happy that they're winning. Absolutely. Uh, hands down. Uh, I believe that 100. percent He wants to win another ring. Um, and it's not like he, he wants them begging for him to come back because I think after Draymond Green called it the big word we all realized that he you know you know he, he, we, we all knew what Golden State really thought about him when he said that but here's, here's, here's what I'll say and I'll leave it at this Kevin Durant in my opinion already has one foot, one foot out the door if he comes back and stays he will in my opinion, always be the guy that I look at like the person that always could have been. You know, uh, he, he had all the talent in the world to be the greatest of all time, but he just, he was so insecure about himself that he wanted to stay on a team where it was easy. But I always thought for these captivating moments, you do things because they're hard, not because they're easy. It's got, and, 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 and if that is the case, the Kevin Durant has to prove me correct. 
Now, Silas, you mentioned this, and before I let you go, this is what I do want your opinion on this, Silas. Uh, you, you said uh, we all knew what time it was when Draymond Green called KD the B-word, and you said you would have gave him a two-piece and then said, see ya. How disrespectful is it, Silas, for somebody to come up to you and call you a B? How disrespectful is that, Silas? So, Silas, you've never had some. Silas, you've never had somebody in the middle of a football game say that to you? So that's one of the most disrespectful. So that's one of the most disrespectful things you can do to a man. If you call another man the B word, the only thing that's more disrespectful is when that man does nothing about it. Because somebody birthed <laughs> you. Somebody, you have a father somewhere. You have family. Does your name not mean anything to you? Clearly, it doesn't because you just let that person call you out your name. The only, the only thing that's more disrespectful than being called the B word is being called the B word and then that person who got called the B word not doing anything about it. Because then you have immediately did for never mind that he disrespected you. You just let him disrespect your family and you did nothing about it. That's more disrespectful. That's the way I look at it. So Kevin Durant handled it the wrong way. Absolutely Kevin Durant handled the wrong okay. way. Kevin Durant should have put those uh, those uh
CP3 didn't want smoke. He didn't really, he didn't, he didn't really want the smoke like that. Because if he really wanted smoke, the minute he spit on you, you wouldn't have tried to brush his face. No, you would have hit that man right up in that right, right under, right on the crust of that jaw, right where that, right where the, right where the beard and the jawline meets. You would have hit him right there. You would have put him down, and you would have stopped until Adam, until Adam Silver came from New York City to pull you off of him. If you, if you were really that mad. Come on, what are, the number, what are the three things you can do to disrespect a man? Call him the B-word, talk about his mother, and spit on him. So, Silas. So now, Silas, you got me going. Now, Silas, I have to ask some more questions, Silas. What would you uh -huh. do, Silas, if you were in the Chris Paul Rondo situation and, and somebody you got a little spit, spit uh, on the field, on the field, and it caught you? Somebody spit on me? Yeah. <laughs> oh Lord. Oh my God. I'm 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 gonna be beating you and talking about your mom, your daddy, your cousins, your <laughs> uncle, your daughter. My man, I look. For everybody out there right now, let me tell y'all something. My father died when I was when I, when I was entering college. And I remember when I first joined the football team here and I wanted somebody to try me. Because I remember growing up playing for Airlines, it was a, it was a league that we had uh, back in Buffalo, 33 younger kids. And I remember being tried there and getting picked on because I was the smallest kid at the time, at the time, not anymore, but at the time I was like the small kid, really kind of awkward, didn't really understand football. Well, then we got to college between what, the time I was seven to the time, what, what was I when I entered college? 18? That difference, that was all I needed. Came here and I knew exactly who I was and I knew that everybody knew who I was and I knew I was gonna get tested right when I came and I knew people were gonna try and test me and I wanted them to test me. I wanted them to die, like I wanted a fight to show that I wasn't the one to play around with. But you can best believe that there's a difference between a fight and a fight when somebody spits on you. If I would have ever had any type of a progressive spit on my face on a basketball court or on a football field, you better believe I'm gonna get expelled. I'm never I'm never gonna put up I'm never gonna put on that yellow and blue again. It's over. Everything I worked hard for, it's over, because a man has to ask himself, how far are you willing to go? I love this sport, but not that much. I don't need my degree that bad, but just understand this. If I'm going to risk it all, I'm going to make it worth my while. Oh, yeah, I'm going to have a time. It's going to be a passionate butt when I hit you. <laughs> it's going to be passionate. We are, you know, I'm talking baby making. <laughs> R. Kelly Ignition? Love it. I'm going to love it. I'm going to love it. I'm going to love what's back in that jaw. If you ever were to spit on me, what? Oh, he going to be like, ooh. <laughs> Like saying your mama the video type stuff. Okay. Look what you got me started. Y'all don't ever say I started it. You know y'all hear y'all hear Daryl asking these No, no, you know no, you know Rondo did it kinda sly. Like Rondo like took out his mouth gun and gave a little <laughs> That would have made me more angry. So the first thing you wouldn't have done, because Chris probably just pushed him, right? And Rondo gave him the two-piece. That was the funny thing around, about it. Rondo gave him the two-piece. That was the crazy part. <laughs> yeah, that was the crazy part. Rondo wanted to fight. 
than KD not doing nothing to Draymond. That's worse than KD not doing nothing to Draymond, right? Huh? That's worse than KD not doing nothing to Draymond, right, CP? No, 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 Silas, Silas, ah, oh, Silas. So the relationship. I'm gonna get back to KD and Draymond really quickly because this is fun now. Uh, could it ever be the same? Because people have talked about how their relationship is never the same after the B word incident. You, you can never go back after saying something like that, right? Uh, no, no. Okay. I, I can, I can forgive you, but I can never forget it under any circumstance. Under any circumstance, I will never be forgiving again after that. Well, well spoken, Silas. Well spoken. Sorry. Now, if you guys want to, re- if you, well, but here's what I will say: if you really want to get Silas upset, this is the biggest mistake, and I tell people this too. You really want to butt whoop and call out somebody's grandma to to the face. Oh, oh boy. Yeah, yeah. If you talk about my granny, unfortunately, I'd be in prison serving a ten to twenty bid. Cause what Silas told me, Silas like I'm a Christian, but I ain't that good. <laughs> I ain't that good. Nope, nope. Me, me and God, we close. We real close, but we ain't that close. <laughs> I'm not Jehovah's Witness Christian yet, but I'm Christian, but not that Christian. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not holding me down with holy water Christian. You know those Christians. I'm not holy water Christian. I'm just. I'm just Christian. I'm. I'm. I'm a go to church every day. Or go to church every Sunday, try and pray right type of Christian. I ain't, uh, I, I, I ain't Jesus saved yet. Nope, no way. No. Silas, I want to thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you to everybody for listening to me. You know, gotta have me on sometime again, brother. Definitely.